Let me share the word of the Lord with you this morning. Ben and Erica, this is a word for you as well. It's a word for us as a congregation. It's a word for us in this season. And it's called running the race with endurance. I'm following our prophetic calendar that God gave to us at the end of last year about being better together, about the work of God, about expanding His kingdom, about being in the hour and understanding the times and discerning what to do. And so part of that calendar was these words concerning running the race. And so the Lord is encouraging His church to press forward like never before and to be careful not to look back. Our gaze and our posture should be forward-looking in every way. We're to seek Him not only for gifts and provision, but to strengthen our relationship with Him. The pace is going to accelerate. In fact, it's going to take off in many different ways of the Spirit. Grab hold and run this race. No more wasting time. Every moment counts. Every word counts. Take full advantage of the time allotted to you. That's a prophetic word that our team had for us as a church. It's to get in position. If you've ever seen anybody running a relay race, they have to get in to their position and get ready for the gun to fire. And once it does, they lunge forward and go. And that's the word God's giving us. This is the day. This is the hour. This isn't a walk anymore. This is a race. This is taking full motivation and full effort from the people of God. And if you haven't noticed that in the headlines, you're asleep. We've got to be ready to move. And it's going to come at an accelerated pace. And so I want to encourage you this morning through Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. You can turn there in your Bibles. I'll read it to you. I'm reading out of the New King James this morning. And it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's the end run. The end run is to give all that we have to run into the arms of Jesus. We are at the last part of this race in human history. And at this point, we should be running with all that we have as the church. Everybody taking their part. Running with full endurance and full strength because we are closer to the arms of Jesus than the church was 2,000 years ago. Can you see His eyes? Can you see His heart? Can you see His hands? You've got to run past the troubles and the trials. You've got to leave behind every weight that so easily besets you. Untangle yourself and go. If you've fallen down, get back up. Brush it off and run. He's waiting for you. And so in this verse, we're finding what it means to run with endurance. And so I'm going to break it down and help you understand just a few of the things that are going to be necessary for us to do this. But I'm not here to teach you this morning. I'm here to prophetically speak into your life and to activate you for this race. 
So the first thing he says is this, that there are witnesses. Therefore, since there, are, there is such a great cloud of witnesses. Now, what witnesses is he talking about? In Hebrews 11, the chapter right before this, he was telling us about the hall of faith, all those great heroes from the Bible. There are cloud of witnesses. That's what he's saying. Since we have all the witnesses of Scripture before us, We've got Adam, we've got Noah, we've got Abraham, we've got Jacob, we've got Isaac, we've got King David, we've got Samuel, we've got Saul, we've got uh, Solomon, we've got all the kings, we've got all the prophets, we've got Elijah, Elisha, we've got all of them here as witnesses. Can you imagine? They're here as a cloud of witnesses around us. That can be intimidating. I don't like being watched. I don't know what I'm doing up here, but anyway. (laughs) There's one thing wrong with that picture. Do you know what's wrong with that picture? That one person standing on that field is alone, but that is not the kingdom of God. This is how many of you feel. When I say we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, you're like this. How am I supposed to run like Moses? You do what Moses did. You make a lot of mistakes, but you keep running. God said, what do you got in your hand? He didn't even know what he had in him until God called it out of him. King David reigned and ruled victoriously and wondrously, but he fell, didn't he? Made a mess of his life, a mess of his family. But you get up and you keep running. Amen? Amen? But some of you are feeling like if there's that many witnesses watching me, there's Moses, right? There's David, there's Abraham. There's Bobby Shoemaker. You don't know who Bobby is, do you? Bobby's this guy that accepted Jesus in elementary school, lived his life, got stuck in all sorts of bad situations, spent his money on bad stuff, his marriage failed, he got addicted, but he trusted Jesus, and in the end, when he was 80, he turned his life back over to Jesus and, and is in that cloud of witnesses. But he's saying, don't do what I did. Come on, people, go forward. Do you know what's in that cloud of witnesses? All, of, all the people just like us. There's heroes, but there's also people who but by the grace of God, are saved. And they're still cheering us on. They're watching us, and they know all the ins and outs and the ups and downs and all the failures that we have. But we're all on that field together. This is a team effort. This is the church across the globe right now for this generation, this age. At this time, the church from the 1100s is saying, come on, the church from the 1950s is saying, come on. The church from 200 AD is saying, come on. The Old Testament saints are saying, come on. You've got everyone who's in Christ saved saying, come on, you can do this. Do you understand that the crowd gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger? It's been 2,000 years. And we're getting more people on the field. More people on the field. We're not alone in this. We have a great cloud of witnesses, and they are cheering us on. We've got a heritage to uphold. So get in the race. Get in the race. You're responsible to carry the baton for this generation. You're being watched, but you're also being encouraged. No one in heaven 
is looking down on you, scoffing. Because everybody in heaven recognizes it's the grace of God that is our victory. So they are all encouraging. They are all shouting. And they're all strengthening you. And there is a high priest that ever lives to make intercession for you and to give you what you need. You see, in the end, everything we've accomplished is because of what Jesus did for us. In the end, all praise goes to Christ Jesus. No flesh will glory in His sight. He's not going to parade Paul out in the middle and say, why weren't you like Him? No, 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 no. Everyone there, no matter who they are, has one thing they know for sure. But by the grace of God through Jesus Christ, I have accomplished what I've accomplished. Right? And that's us. That's our story. So don't quit. Don't stop. If you fell down, get up. If you're worn out, keep moving forward. Get going. And if you're next to someone wore out, pick them up and walk with them. Encourage them. We're part of this witnesses. And let's witness together the goodness of God. And so we need to get moving forward for this great cloud of witnesses. Now he says two things are a problem to trip us up. He says, lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us. i got to go back to the King James. That's how I remember it. (laughs) What does besetting mean? It means you're tangled up. It means that it's easy to trip. You can't run the race if you're tied up at your feet. Now he says there's two things that do that. Number one, the weight, every weight. And so part of this prophetic word that we got at the beginning of the year also talked about finishing and releasing things. The Lord is highlighting the word release during this season. Finish your assignments. Many have been waiting a long time for breakthrough. Breakthroughs coming through obedience and being in the right position. During this season, it's important to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Finish your assignments He's entrusted in you. And it's part of His plan for His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Some of you have incomplete things that God's asked you to do. Finish them up. It's the weight that's holding you back. Let's get things accomplished. That's why we canceled the car wash, what's happening out there right now. You hear it? That's the reign of God. (laughs) We've got to finish assignments. Now, I want you to think right now, are there things that are incomplete? Because you can't run forward if you're looking backward. Are there some situations you need to take care of? Are there some cards you need to write? Are there some phone calls you need to make? That's a weight on you, and you're going, I don't know how to do it. I don't know either, but just do it. You know, I, I, I've wrestled over certain things and different issues and, and, and how to do it and how this and what are they going to and how are we going to. And you know what? At some point, you've got to just do it and let it just fall and get that thing off your legs and move forward. And so we've got to lay aside the weights, lay aside the weights. And then he says, the sin that so easily besets us. Now, think of this. I love this about Paul. He says, uh, cast off. Lay aside. Put those things away about sins, right? Now, what are the sins that so easily entangle us? Those are the strongest ones we always fall into, right? Because they so easily entangle us. Those are going to be the hardest ones to get rid of. Not the sins that, that you don't even have to worry about because uh, they don't bother you. He's not telling you to get rid of those, although... 
they should be gone. He's telling you to get rid of the ones that so easily entangle you. So do you see the present activity he's saying? Do it now. Don't wait. You're deceiving yourself if you're saying, well, I don't need this. I can get rid of it anytime I want. And then you go back to it every other day. Come on. Let's get serious about this. We can't run this race if we're entangled in sin. How many of you know that? Either I have a lot of conviction on you right now or you're not in agreement with me. (laughs) Do you need to get rid of sin that easily besets you? Yeah. How many of you would run lighter and faster and with greater joy to get rid of that stuff? Amen? Hallelujah. You go leaping and leaping and dancing and praising God, won't you? So these things, we've got to lay them aside. We've got to do it now. There is power of the Holy Spirit within you to break every chain, to break every sin that is besetting you. There's a deficiency in us that we think we need that sin to self-medicate. You don't need that sin. You've got everything you need with Jesus Christ. You've got projects that are unfinished and things that are undone. Finish them up. Let's get going. Make a priority. Get your pencil out. Get your paper out. I've got to finish that phone call I promised to make. I've got to finish this situation. I've got to finish that thing I started 10 years ago and never completed. I'm not moving on because I'm stuck somewhere. Finish it up or throw it out. Let's go. Another problem is... Everybody is a perfectionist. It's not going to be good enough. I have to keep working on it. Keep working on it. No, you don't. Finish it. Just finish it. Because the next thing you'll do will be better than that. All right? I learned that in art school. That's a thing I learned in art school. I was in sculpture class, and I had finished this beautiful sculpture, worked all semester on it. It was my first figurative piece, and I had it done. It was beautiful, and I thought, oh, this is a masterpiece. They're going to put it in a museum someday when they do my retrospective <laughs> show. That's how you think in art school. And as I was there uh, finishing it up, my instructor came by and he said, uh, all right, we're going to move on to the next piece. And I said, well, I want to fire this. I want to keep it. And he says, you're not going to keep it. No, 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 no. This is, this is really good. I'm going to keep it. And he says, no, you're not. And I go, yes, I am. And he took his hand. And he went, Swish! and he said, no, you're not. And I went, It's a very vital lesson. I thought it was great. Now, you know, after a number of years after that, when I, when I remember that first piece, it was like, yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> we hold things too precious. We think that what we're doing is so great. Finish it and move on. Finish it. You've been writing your book? Finish it and move on. The next one will be better. You're writing your testimony? Finish it and get a new one. That one's been pretty old now. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let's move on. Lay aside these things. Thirdly, he says, for the race set before us. You have something set before you from God. Every one of you. Now that lane changes. Some of you are raising children. Some of you are done raising children. Some of you are entering college. Some of you are entering retirement. I don't know what your lane is right now. But set your eyes to Jesus in that lane and run that race. Get moving. Get going. Amen? Amen. Now, what you need to do is run for you. Don't worry about what someone else is doing. That's not their lane to run in. You run in your lane. 
And, and your lane might be to be the best businessman there you can be at your shop or where you work. Your lane might be a best student right now. As a student, there's people to talk to. There's teachers to instruct. How many of you ever thought of that? You're coming for instruction from the teachers. You need to instruct them on Jesus Christ. Amen? And what it is to be a good student in Christ. Let's instruct but don't worry about someone else. Some of you are going, yeah, I just got these kids and they're driving me crazy. I got nothing to do. Are you kidding me? That's a glorious lane to run in. Take them kids. Teach them. Run with endurance. You need it. Run with endurance with those kids. But that's your lane and it's set before you. Get your eyes off of everybody else. Could you imagine David trying to run the kingdom like Moses? David wasn't Moses. He didn't need to be like Moses, Right? And, and, and Abraham didn't build an ark. Right? Do I got this right? Okay. And Elisha wasn't Elijah. Though it sounds like the same. They had two different ministries, didn't they? All right. And so you don't worry about someone else. You go and you cast off the things that are wrapped around your legs, that which is hindering you, and get going. And fourthly, have endurance. Don't quit. This is a lifelong pursuit. This is a lifelong pursuit. So you messed up. So what? Get up. Stop boo-hooing. And learn from it. Amen? Amen? We need more coaches in the church. We got more nursemaids. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, oh, oh. It's time to get up and get moving, people. All right? You messed up. Repent. Let's go. Let's get moving. And let's get moving in God. Amen? Amen? All right. Maybe that was a little rough. You need it. Endurance. But here's the key. Fix your eyes on whom? Jesus. How many people have we been running? Have you ever seen the race... You need to YouTube this. This guy's running, and he's so far ahead, he thinks he's so good, and he decides to look back at where his opponents are. He's looking, and the guy right over here, while he's looking, passes him right by. Just a few yards before the finish line. He didn't keep his eyes on the prize, did he? And we're looking next to each other, and we're, ah. Don't look to the left or the right. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And that's what's so important about this verse. Because the author says this about Jesus. That fix your eyes or cast your gaze on Jesus. Why? He's the author and finisher. That word author is trailblazer. He ran this race first. He's run the course this course goes through this life. It goes through trial. It goes through death. It goes through the gates of hell and the grave and up. And we're going to run through all of them into the throne room of God. We're going to keep our eyes on the author, the one who already originated this race. He's ran it out. And he's the perfecter of our faith. What does that perfecter mean? In the Greek, it means completer. He, he will complete this race. He's with you. He will have you complete it. What he's been able to start in you, he's able to what? Finish. He is the finish line. So you keep your eyes on him. When you fall down, you keep your eyes on him. When you get up, you keep your eyes on him. When you can't take it anymore and you're gasping for breath, you keep your eyes on him. Amen? Amen. This is a race. Run it with endurance. We've got people who have turned this thing into a stroll. 
In fact, we've got people who have turned this race into a a nice drive on a Sunday afternoon in your new Bentley. I don't know, did anybody drive a Bentley? I don't know where that came from. (laughs) Bentley's a car, isn't it? It's a money car. Okay, that's what I thought. God wants you to drive this. God wants you to drive. You know what? Get out of the car and get where the people are and help people around you and run this race. This thing is hard. I know God wants to prosper you. Do you know what prosperity is? Prosperity is life, giving life to people, giving what God's given you to others, not about hoarding it. Prosperity is having enough on your tree to share with everybody else. That's what that's about. And there's times when you're going to go high and you're going to go low, and it's going to be hard. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Why? The author and perfecter of our faith For the joy set before him. Now he's giving you an example. Jesus had a joy that caused him to endure the cross. What do you think the joy was? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What was that prize? It's us. Come on. It was us. Do you get this? The prize was to bring the Father a sacrifice that would make this trail lead for all of us to get there. That was the joy. That was what he endured when they put one nail in one hand and he set his eyes. He he scorned the shame. The King of glory was shamed, naked and beaten, put for public display, spat upon and gawked at and slandered. All of that because he knew I'm offering my blood for my people and my bride. I love my bride. I can't wait for my bride to come. My bride is waiting. She's coming to me. She's readying herself. And he ran that race to the throne of God. And he's turned around now. And he says, my beloved, set your eyes on that. Because he set his eyes on you. When you fix your eyes on Him, He's not looking above you. He's not looking around. He's looking at you. He's an intercessor day and night. That means His gaze is on us. He wouldn't be a faithful intercessor if He was looking to something else. He's looking at you 24-7, running this race. Get in this race. Come on, it's so easy to be distracted by what's around us and the foolishness of this hour. And so, for the joy set before him, we are going to run into the throne room, into his arms. And so, this month I'm going to share with you what it means to run this race of faith and to get in this game. This is life. And this is life abundantly in Christ Jesus. It's a glorious, glorious path. Would you stand with me this morning? And let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, we give you praise and glory. And I call this people, your people, into the race of running into your arms. Each one of us is going to arrive at our own unique time. And you're going to receive each one of us personally. Lord, I pray for each person's faith here today. I pray, Lord God, that you would minister and strengthen each one here that we would get ready to move and we would dedicate ourselves to get in this race.
And Father God, would you stir us and move upon us even now. And I pray, Lord God, that the anointing of your Holy Spirit is going to shift our attitude into one of zeal. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.